today on all about affordable NFTs. The question, will NFT fees, and we're talking about that royalty fee, go trend toward zero? Zero, the end place, maybe, maybe not. We'll discuss it, get into it. Andrew, how's it going? Going well. Going well. I don't have as much new going on with my wallet right now. How about you? Yeah. you pick anything up recently? I have... I have to breed some more horses in the land of Zed. I got, I got some, some amazing ponies that just, I need to get that breed in every, every month. They've got a world cup skins coming out in different games. Like they're, they're constantly pushing marketing in their little ecosystem. So nothing to shake a stick at. They're still in the top 50 of projects. <laughs> Hanging on. Hey, they're always there, right? Yeah, they're hang, hanging around. Always in there. Cool. Why don't we get into the news here? I think this is this, this article popped up, and actually, I believe you mentioned something about about uh, houses and NFTs last week. And I thought it was fitting that we have an article here about an NFT sold or a house sold as an NFT. Not the first one overall, but this is from a company called Moostock that specializes in investor-owned homes. So you would buy. Basically, most people were buying these from afar, doing it somewhat like a digital transaction anyway, where they would do all of the inspections, homework on the house ahead of time and try to give you a, a score of how, how the house would fare and, and even handle rentals, things like that. So I did find this interesting that they are playing with that technology because it does feel like that's an adjacent technology to NFTs and you know, or, or an adjacent platform to NFTs and pretty natural one for NFTs to start creeping into another area. Of it. Yeah, I love when you can see the, you see the properties. It's got like number of baths, number of rooms kind of thing on it. So it actually uses like the NFT properties as the elements of the house. Yeah. I mean, you're going to want to make sure you bought the right one. I'll be very careful with that one. Maybe keep that one on a ledger. Yeah, yeah. We're not, definitely not mentioning this as a affordable project, but we'll oh, buy a house in South Carolina. <laughs> All right. Then we get another got an article here about four U.S. states have ordered a Metaverse casino to halt the sale of NFTs. So let's see. It was Texas, Kentucky, New Jersey, and Alabama came together, and all, I guess they all separately did this. And this was let's see to the Slotty. They spell it Slotty. I guess it's Slotty, like slot of some sort. NFT was the project. So I. Just those four for now, but I, I, I think it's, we're going to start seeing more crackdowns on some of some NFT projects, especially as they are growing up and we know what the difference is. We talked a bit about that last, on uh, our last episode, but we are understanding what is, what's allowed in the, and that you can't just get around pre-existing laws because, because they're NFTs. Yeah. I mean, there seems like that match, match made in predictable heaven with regard to like casinos, metaverses. And gambling, you're like, yeah, that's probably going to happen. Since there's a a strong contingent, I'll say, of gamblers in the NFT ecosystem, speaking from experience. But yeah, ripe ripe with the opportunity to have fraud roll in. Say like, oh, if you buy an NFT of this casino, you get a share of the royalty as a securitized asset, and like you're getting into hopefully an area where you get more regulation because there's a a lot of questions. And so they're just trying to, it seems like, protect the public, public investors from a new realm of scams. Yeah, there's plenty of opportunity to, to gamble in crypto already. You really don't. <laughs> just listen to any of yeah. our affordable projects. There you go. All right. We've got 
another NFT aggregator, uh, Rarible, has, launch, has launched their own aggregator. I haven't actually tried this out yet. Not surprised that there's another one coming. We've talked about how aggregators seem to be kind uh, of the key as more and more of these marketplaces pop up. You need something to tie them together. Hard to imagine that every single one of these aggregators will will be able to 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 last. So it's a bit of a race right now. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's this is just a brutal time. If you like look at the amount of activity drop on like OpenSea and then like the fees and the race to zero as we're going to talk about in our theme, like oh, Rarible launch its NFT aggregator. It's a bargain hunt. Like <laughs> I don't think we need help bargain hunting. <laughs> good, point, good point. You're like, you're in the dollar. It's like, hey, we have this sitter for the dollar store. It helps you bargain hunt dollar store. You're like, but it's all a dollar. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> all right. So this article we've got this is an article about DraftKings, dead fellas and the nfl teaming up to to launch a fantasy nft collaboration with nfl players as as dead fellas essentially there's a lot of different parts here i, I i'm not entirely sure we talked about how nfts and fantasy there's definitely some opportunities there this isn't where I saw it going, though. This doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. I'm doing it, though, as like a Halloween kind of thing. So, you know, maybe it's a look at what seasonal strategy campaigns can be. And another interesting take here is that, wait a minute, what is the seasonality, annual season, potential of certain NFT projects? And will they have cultural relevance around certain times of the year? Perhaps. I mean, certainly with collectibles that are in the sports arena like there are times when that sport is playing and times when it is off season and on season so maybe maybe that's a nod toward dead fellas like their their price definitely perked up a little bit i was wondering what was going on i was like why are they perking up because they're on one of the lists i kind of keep an eye on for for when they reach the affordable zone but this definitely pumped it up all right and our last headline here is magic eden the mostly popular on solana although they have introduced other networks, the, the NFT marketplace is moving to optional royalty payments. So you won't other, you won't always have to, to pay the royalties any longer. You can choose to opt in or opt out. I have a feeling that most will be opting. Yeah. So here we go. And the, the question of, is it a race to zero? The reason they did it is they have to keep up with, what is the other one? X2, Y2 that has zero fees. And so, yeah, totally making it optional to uh, the people buying it be will be able to get data, of course, because you can look on the blockchain and someone can parse that out on like a dune or something like that. You know, like what percent of people are taking that choice? I, I'd willing to bet if it's if it's over a certain amount of ETH, there's a probability that those people are are not paying that royalty fee. If they're part of the community, maybe they are because it goes back to the artist, it goes back to the engine that generates that value. So again, the power of the community may dictate the probability of whether or not the fee is paid, but this is a big move. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like it's going to be a, the fees in general, whether it's, I mean, I think, I think we're, we're looking at both royalty fees and marketplace fees. I mean, right now, OpenSea has been charging two and a half percent on each transaction. And it's, I mean, for me, it's hard to see how that can can survive over time. We've got Uniswap. They've already bought, bought the aggregator pseudo swap, right? 
that is the one I believe. So, I mean, I think we're, and we've seen this that Uniswap has driven swap fees lower and lower over time. They barely take any of that. And it's hard, just hard for me to see how two and a half percent is going to survive. That's a, that's still a big, pretty big percent to take for what is what a, uh, there's no manual work needed, and there's also no guarantee if something goes wrong. I mean, OpenSea isn't using that to to help out buyers if buyers and sellers when transactions go wrong. It's still a use at your own risk overall, and you can report things as stolen, but that really doesn't help you in the long run. So it's not. I, I don't see that as being sustainable. Yeah, I didn't realize. Also, just to be clear, Magic Eden is waiving its own fee, right? They're saying we are waiving our own 2% fee in addition to making the royalty fee. So they are, this is the race to zero. We talked about it. It's a commoditized market and in commoditized markets, the race is to zero. I don't know how they get money after that, but they're saying no more 2%. We're now competing head to head with X2Y2 and the, the, the pressure on OpenSea is now tremendous because I'll tell you if. You're talking about 2% on a big transaction that adds up. I mean, you can, you can do these calculations. I think I, I spent something like, I don't even want to say, but I do know that we'll say it around a neat one Ethereum last year on just those transactions, which is bananas, absolute bananas to think about the like, all right, that may go away. But I think that's, that's an interesting thing, especially if you're Saying like, well, what's your revenue model exactly? They're going to have to figure it out, right? Eyeballs. Yeah, and there's not much discussion here. It does say that they hope that this decision is not permanent. It's hard <laughs> to see how that won't be permanent and go and raise the fees later. I, I think we, we've talked about how royalty fees often are how projects make money. And I think you're just going to see that that's not all that sustainable over time as there are more and more options to not pay those. And it's one thing when you feel like you're, if you own a piece from a collector, I mean, from an artist that maybe is a small collection, I think there's more of a, there's more of a pull from the, from the collector side to maybe more, maybe you feel more obligated to pay that fee. But I think when it's a 10,000 piece collection and it's done by whether, you know, by a team that took the money in from the sale of all that. I think there's, there's a lot, of, there's a lot less feeling of connection to those creators and feeling like you must give that, that fee to them. And it seems like that's probably where the, the biggest difference will be when you get more options with these marketplaces to, to opt out of the fees. And if you, I mean, I can only imagine if they introduce these again, someone else is going to just do the same thing. Yeah. It reminds me of that kind of hilarious quote. There's nothing quite so permanent as a temporary government program. I could make the, I could make the, the quick switch into there's nothing quite so permanent as a temporary discount to zero in the land of NFT marketplaces. This says not going to come back. If they do, problem is the competitors are ripe and waiting. They're there. And I think that that will open up the, the force for how, how do you generate revenue in other ways? And they come back to in quotes saying like, look, it's not in the protocol level. It simply isn't coded in that royalties aren't there. If, you know, the, the adage that code is law, then it's not in the code. So I think there may need to be a fundamental switch, maybe even how protocol level stuff is, is coded. That's beyond my pay grade. But if it's not there in the code, this was 
almost an inevitability. This is, yes, a trend to zero, an inevitable trend to zero. They have some charts there. I don't understand them. They don't make sense. There's another thought I had here, though, Andrew, which is this is a big, big problem for projects like Go or any like membership-based or even like Wagme, like any software-based where it's a SaaS model where I have a subscription and maybe they're relying on people trading hands and paying royalty fees back to afford the underlying project. Like this, this is a problem. And not one of those small little problems. That's a big fundamental existential problem of saying, hey, we built our SaaS on an NFT ownership. And every time it trades hands, we get like, oh no, they're exchanging it on any major platform aside from OpenSea and they're not paying royalty fees. We can't pay our developers. That feels like a... Yeah, I, I don't know that there's a great model for NFTs as recurring memberships at this point. And right now, they're essentially lifetime memberships. By owning it, you get access. Obviously, those things can be cut off as terms of you just can't do it. Out of, do something <laughs> the word is there. lifetime, not your lifetime, not the NFT's yeah, lifetime of... <laughs> Yeah, right. Lifetime of however long they want to do it. But it's, yeah, it's, I do see that as a problem. I don't, you know, it's, it's a tough one to, to rely on anyway. I mean, there's something to be said. If, if the project, if you're making a product that is successful, hopefully people don't want to trade it very much because they want to keep using it or, or hold it. So in that regard, if, you, if your product is great and people don't sell it, you don't actually get any you don't get much out of that either. So it does feel like it's not always looking for the, it's not always rewarding the right outcome. You want a great product and you want new people to continue to buy at some level. But I, I think people have to think a little bit more about how they introduce these. It's sort of like an early access, help me fund this project, kind of Kickstarter yeah. model. And a lot of, that's what it's been used at fundamentally. Just, it hasn't really been looked at that way. I think there are other opportunities to maybe bring SaaS models in, but I haven't seen them yet. No, there's a way to architect it for sure, where, you know, you need an annual, an annual NFT for an annual access. And you're just like, oh, if you have, here's how you do it. If you had the previous year's NFT, you get a 50% discount on it, burn it, turn it. If you want in new, you pay full freight. Boom, done. I yeah. Yeah. Boom, I guess you have a, a certain there you amount go. of time. You send this to Wagme, definitely. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Like it's, it's essentially time stamped. It is. And you've sold them without that premise at the initial, at the True. initial sale. True. But this is, we're still in our infancy. Oh, I realized in my exuberance, my excitement about finally making a decent transition from our news to our theme, you have an affordable project. <laughs> oh, that's right. I do. Yeah, I have. An affordable project here. This is the, so this is the ledger pass is a token that can be turned in for a new black on black nano X. It's the nano X. I think it's a limited edition one, but it's part of the ledger pass that they, they came out with a couple months ago. But anyway, it, it's the token, the NFT here can be redeemed for a Nano X, or it will be able to be redeemed. I don't know the actual date. Should check that out. We've had certainly had issues with getting things on time in some cases, but so this is a hardware wallet to help you secure your assets. You can get these right now on OpenSea for about $114. 
and a Nano X. Let's see, Nano X. This one here looks like about 150. I thought they were, well, 150 to 180 range. It looks like I can't tell exactly which type it is. It might just be different color, <laughs> the limited edition ones. But there's a little bit of a value there. If you don't have one and are looking for a hardware wallet, bad idea to pick that up. Hardware wallets definitely help you keep assets more secure. I don't have, I have not used a, a Nano, used it's the other Trezor, but they're pretty similar and you can, you can plug it in and use it still with MetaMask or most extensions, but you can also have your passphrase on there to, that you would have, or your, your yeah, password, you put your, your pin in initially to unlock it. So you've got a little extra security when you're using those. So yeah, worth yep. checking out if you don't. I've been meaning to get one and Hey, pro tip, if you want, I think there's a creator fee of 5% and OpenSea takes 2.5. If you want 7.5% off, I found them on X2Y2. There you go. Definitely Look at using there. the theme, <laughs> right? There it is. Yeah. Get around those fees. I uh, definitely see people, especially when there's, when these, the margins are relatively slim. And that's when you see people looking to go to get around those fees. I mean, you see some here you offers not much below the, the listing price, but that's to me is saying that the the gap there is really all the fees that's the problem that's why the the sale isn't happening when there's this listing for 0.0889 and there's an offer for 0.087 the, the real difference there is the seven and a half percent and in fees yeah that asset like i was like oh my gosh is is that arbitrage like can i just go and i'm sure people are doing this if there's high volume buying on five percent like buy on X2Y2, move it over, list on OpenSea and just like run the play. Did that add volume? I think there's still blues on gas, but depends on like where gas is. And yeah, the price of the I think that's, I mean, I've definitely seen on some collections bots that will be waiting for those opportunities when there are arbitrage across different marketplaces there. Well, they'll buy, they buy it on one marketplace and then go and accept an offer all in the same transaction block. Run, a, run it all quickly. It makes it very difficult to find the transaction and the price when the, the token moves twice and you realize and sure someone realizes right after that they just gave away whatever amount of ETH by not checking other marketplaces before list. Yeah. All right. Any more on our theme or affordable projects? I would say no, 100% back to zero, right? It goes to zero unless they can put it into the protocol. Yeah. Well, so I guess I was going to say one thing. If So if you're looking for where are the, where's revenue going to come from? I, I do, you know, does it start coming from the creator side, from the project side? Is that, is it advertising? You know, when, when we've definitely seen as we've seen Amazon be very happy with cutting margins there to very slim amounts and they often are able to offset that by with advertising now. And I could definitely, you know, we haven't seen that as far as I know on, on marketplace, we've seen it on a lot of news and, and obviously data sites, but I, I can see that's coming more to, to marketplaces. And that would certainly put, I'll put some of the questions of, of what gets on featured, what is considered sponsored content, what versus what's just trending, put a lot more questions out there for the, for people to, to wonder about. Yeah. I think it's, it's still in its infancy in terms of like figuring out how, how these markets work, but it's, it's a commoditized market race to zero value has to be brought other places. Attention 
is the game of saying like, okay, if people are here and those people have money and they have wallets, and they've got an interest in purchase, we can have a pay to play ecosystem where, yeah, you can pay to be the featured project. Here's our current drop list. Guess how you get on it. Yeah, pay to be part of there. there. There's, there's yeah. options there. Well, you also can sell to the users as well, being like, hey, here's our premium level and here's your NFT. Here's your 2022, 2023 insider NFT. And you you monetize other ways. There's a lot of lot of avenues there. I want to go back and just say like the, the ledger thing is also cool because it's a perfect example of a B2C sale, right? What you're effectively doing is B2C sales. Someone has bought an NFT. That NFT can be exchanged. You have essentially bought, here's what you did. You are selling gift cards. You're selling gift cards to the public and people are buying. They're like, hey, here's my $100 redeem at the store, except the store is online. But also it's interesting, you know, that there's always some percent of those that will just never be redeemed. Maybe the wallet was lost. Maybe the person forgot. Maybe, 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 right? Like there's over a holding for when those are holding holding for. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, so, that's a good point. Um, I like it. Yeah. Well, I'm still waiting on my wine from Avinka. I'm going to start getting ornery soon if I don't get that wine. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to, we'll have, to have a little uh, wine, wine tasting. Uh, I know, we have to do the episode. I'm so excited. Maybe we actually put one in video. Actually, we'll see. We'll see. See what, what it looks like. We'll do an unboxing. Uh, All right. right. Yeah, hopefully that ships soon. Well, join us in the Discord, share share bad ideas with us, we're open to it, and leave us a rating, because be out there. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT Podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.